Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia, peels back the curtain and peers into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Tipster, host and land penguin at the Pinnacle Larder floating somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. Is that as opposed to being like the the sky or the water penguin? I I suppose. I mean, we do we do have a navy now. Oh. Um yeah, Captain Captain Waddles uh leads the 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 good ship Pinnacle Larder. <laughs> and then we've got General Rafters who is in tar- in charge of our our land division. Um I'm trying to get Humphrey to take to the air. It's not going too well. Yeah, I I've heard the penguins aren't the uh the best at that. Yeah, not good at building aircraft either to be fair. <laughs> we've only got two flippers. So Yeah, I've heard uh, not gets... having thumbs is He's, uh, it's kind yeah, of a problem too. opposable thumbs are. Uh, I mean, we're 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 in talks with a dealer to see if we can get something for thumbs. But at the moment, or for airplanes, for airplanes. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I'm Corey with Third Degree Entertainment, um, and we have a guest with us today. Nick, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm from uh, Capital Trivia. Uh, based out of Washington, D.C., uh, formerly of Buffalo, New York, where I also own uh, Trivia 716, formerly Quiz Night in Buffalo, uh, a long, long, long history of trivia in Western New York, and uh, now just starting up down here in D.C., uh, currently just on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Capital Trivia on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. Part of that whole four horsemen of the quiz apocalypse deal, isn't it? Yes. Well, gen- gen- lately it's been the four horse people or four horse oh, persons. Yes. We haven't really decided which which it's going to be uh, as we've had a few substitutions over the course of the last month and a half. But um, always good to have uh, new people in- join the cohort of uh, horse persons. In- indeed. And it's it's good to have you here as a new guest on the show. Um, it's always good to hear new voices on what's going on in the world of trivia. Um so you said you've been hosting for a while now. You used to host in uh, upstate New York? Yeah. So just uh, in, in Buffalo, which is not near New York City, uh, contrary to popular belief, um, it's actually closer to Toronto by quite a bit. It's about seven hours from New York City. Um, a lot of people ask like, oh, so have you ever been to Times Square? It's like, well, yeah, but it's like eight hours away. <laughs> um but yeah, so I I hope I've owned a company in Western New York since 2015. Um, prior to that, I hosted for a company in Columbus, Ohio, where I uh, <clears throat> went to school um, at a little school down there. And then prior to that, I was a I turned into a reformed. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this company um, on the podcast. If if I'm not, just bleep it out. Uh, I was a, a host for um, from uh. in Buffalo. Before I went to uh, Columbus, and then I saw the the bright side, the the lighter side of life, and it's like I'm going to start writing my own trivia and not hosting somebody else's crappy <laughs> trivia. Oh, yeah. We uh, but will, prior to that, uh, yeah, we will need to get Ken to uh, to censor that. I'm afraid. Yeah, will we? Though? That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about shitting. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, there's, we'll there's see what quite... happens. <laughs> We'll there's talk quite, to the executive quite the producers. rivalry in history there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah. That's oh. just starting. Uh, it, it's weird being a, a panelist on a show and having a guest who's more experienced than I am. That's <laughs> like, 
that's the that's the way I've 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 been doing this less than a year. In fact, we're coming up on a year of Quadrivia now. It's uh, and it has been quite a year, hasn't it? Like, I that's, just yeah, that's one I way can't to believe it. it. Yeah, it's, it's oh, been absolutely. a big transition for a lot of people. So, yeah, I completely understand, especially, you know, if you're just starting off, you know, you kind of saw a, an opportunity in the uh, in the marketplace uh, just to kind of jump in with, you know, like you said, with essentially no experience, you know, and, and you you do great. You know, it's it, it's interesting to see, you know, the people that have been doing it for a long time, how they've had to transition into this new normal um, of trivia. Um, you know, I, I know a, a few of us have had a really difficult time, um, but it's it's certainly it's not an easy gig. People think it's easy. It, it is not, friends. Not an easy thing to do. You know, I don't I, I don't know how this happened. But uh, this episode will actually come should release one week after after our one year anniversary. Recap. Yeah. Um, but that means our one year anniversary will be one year to the date even though we've always released on wednesdays apparently our very first episode it dropped on may 5th 2020 huh i mean uh, yeah we we started about like quadrivia and the pinnacle larder started about the same time so i'm coming up on my uh birth of verse of uh any day Whatever you call it, flailiversary. There we go. I think it's your your day of hatching, or or hatching day. Isn't that what they call it in Antarctica? I no, I I maybe I don't know. The I mean I didn't. This bar didn't come out of an egg. Like I I it was built. We didn't. Seriously, and today we're talking about. It's fun to watch a penguin feel, flail, isn't it? I feel sorry for the penguin who had to lay this entire bar. <laughs> Especially the one that did all that woodwork, because that's it's impressive. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good detail there. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Uh today we are talking about accommodating different audiences, um, whether that's young, old, near and far. Everybody of every shape, age, ability, and gender. Um, we're we're talking about how to accommodate them all, um, and how best to kind of position yourself to be as open as possible. Well, I think there's also a little asterisk uh, in that we will also discuss whether you do accommodate yeah. them all. Um, in fact, I'm going to start us off with that. Uh, it's it's advice that I'm pretty sure I've given on several episodes now that you can't always plan on, on being the trivia for everybody. Um, and sometimes you have to just figure out who and what you are and you put out your trivia and the people that it's right for are going to show up. Uh, there'll be... You know, people that come in from time to time that, you know, they're like, wow, this is just not my thing. I don't enjoy this. They're not going to come back. And that's okay. Uh, it's it's always okay to not keep every single person who comes through. 
uh, especially if it means you're bending over backwards and trying to be something that you aren't in order to, you know, bring in that crowd. You're just not going to have a good time. It's it's not going to be as easy or as fun for you. You know, you got to do what you do. You got to do what you know. Well, I think one of the things we should we should kind of highlight is that there are, you know, there are inherent differences in those audiences. Yeah. Um like you you're always going to pitch differently to a younger crowd than you are to an older crowd. You're always going to pitch differently to like if you know let's say like if you're doing a charity gig or a fundraising gig, you're going to pitch it differently to your to your standard Tuesday night um where you've got people specifically coming in for you. Um so Nick, what's what's your audience like? What's your general audience kind of Sure, so it's interesting like especially now that we're we're hosting on, you know, right now we're on Twitch doing trivia shows online. I don't know. Like I That's don't fair. like I I know who some of the people are because they're either regulars or I'm friends with them on Facebook. We've connected through uh, you know Discord and things like that. So I know who some of the people are, but I don't know who the majority of my people who come to my shows on Wednesdays. I have no idea who they are. I I don't I can't pick out a gender. I can't pick out you know their race, their sexuality. You know, so I kind of go into it <clears throat> writing into the same same way that, that Corey mentioned earlier, knowing that I can't write for everybody. Am I going to have, um, you know, an American-centric game with maybe a little bit of a tinge of European stuff because I know that I have like one or two players who you know are from, you know, England or Scotland? Yeah, I might just, you know, just to throw people a bone, but I'm not going to ask specific questions about, you know, very minutia things in American history. I, I'm more geared towards doing things, trying to do things more worldwide to keep everybody um, – you know, interested and involved, but it's hard. Like it's very difficult. Um, when I used to host in venues up in Buffalo, I would have on my Tuesday night show, I would do two shows on Tuesdays. One would be in very rural area, you know, essentially not farmlands, but pretty much next to them with, you know, very kind of either, you know, about my age, which right now is 38 um, and older not really too many people who are younger. And then that same exact night, I would go to Niagara Falls, New York, and have a show with a bunch of 20-something to 30-somethings. Two completely different crowds, but I'm not going to waste my time writing trivia again when I know they're not like somebody's not traveling from one show to another. So I would have to write a show that would work for both um, venues. So that that's difficult um, to try and find something that is globally um, uh, accessible to to essentially everybody. Yeah, that's a big thing you've picked up on there is that, um, yeah, that now that people have transitioned to online quite significantly, not you don't know what your audience is most of the time. You've got no clue who's sitting on the other end of that chat window. Um, like, you can make a best guess, but even then, um, I I couldn't tell you what my demographic is. I know that because I'm on Twitch, it's generally going to be younger. But at the same time, I know for a fact that the trivia crowd is quite wide spanning. And a lot of people have, you know, come across from various local hosts that they have onto the platform over the past year. They could be any, you know, they could be 
absolutely anybody from anywhere. Um, I, I, I was surprised to find out the other day that I've got someone who's playing uh, who's from South America. I didn't know that. I, I for some unknown reason, I, I, I make false assumptions sometimes that, you know, my players are either Yanks or, or you know, they're, they're, they're from the UK because that's the kind of time that I go for. But, um, you know, a hundred Australians just yelled at you, like yeah, the entire population. The entire pop. I mean, if the entirety of the population of Australia played my game, then they'd have something <laughs> to yell about. I just mean because you've completely forgotten they existed. Oh no, it's quite I haven't forgotten they existed. It's just I, I'm at a really inconvenient time for them, and I know hey, look, that. I'll I'll cater my show to the Yanks and the Brits, but the Australians can fuck right off. Uh, that's I... what Tipster is saying. You heard it here. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, but in my first week of hosting, um, I did have somebody point out to me that, you know, that it was very Brit-centric. And it's like, well, that's that's what I, as a, as a host, know, because it's where I'm from. Um, and I think it's a similar thing with age as well. Like, you only know your personal interests best so your strength in other areas isn't going to be great like if you if if either of you two asked me to write an american football question i'd have no hope at all you'd probably get something that was skim read off wikipedia within 10 minutes and will hope that's the best because I'd have to sit there and understand every bit of the sport in order to work out what things meant in that <laughs> article. If if you haven't yet, by the way, listen to the, the episode we recorded on the day of the Super Bowl and you'll know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> or should I say superb owl? Yeah. Uh, uh. I don't think did, we're big uh, enough for them to give a shit. <laughs> did, did, did he did he get his seventh bowl? Has he finally got the full service platter on his pirate ship? The full service platter. Uh yes, he did win. Hey, okay. Now is is he quit being a pirate now? Is he like has he retired from being a pirate? I don't think he did. I think he's still playing. Yeah, so I, I think I could speak for the majority of professional football fans, American football fans. Uh, fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think most Americans feel that way at this point. Yeah, we're just football fans or otherwise. Uh, That's true. Am I missing so something like big happened to some? No. Or is no, it just prick. one of those things where oh, this person wins all the time, therefore they're, they're the. They're the, they're the enemy. I don't think it's too much that, because I mean, you don't really get a whole lot of that with you know, like Michael Jordan. You know, there's no general mm -hmm. fuck Michael Jordan. Um, but Tom Brady, I don't know. He just, he rubs me the wrong way. I think a lot of, uh, like, I am pretty sure most Americans will acknowledge, uh, albeit begrudgingly, that he's a great football player. 
but still, fuck him. I don't, don't want to keep. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. keep watching him. I don't want to keep hearing about him. He got his wins. He's in the record books. He's he's always going to be one of the greatest football players of all time. Fucking move on. Let's let's get some other players out there. Yeah, give somebody else a chance. Come on, right? Yeah, Come on, Tom. Jeez. So yeah. Um. To but bring, no, I, to as bring far as I know, back to the conversation. Yes, audiences. <laughs> oh, audiences. Right. That's what we were talking about. Well, you know, um, I, uh, I'm i in, in a similar boat where, you know, I'm hosting online now, but I do have my live shows still. Mm-hmm. And currently, at this point, I am just writing for everything. Um, but I'm skewing towards my live show. I okay. get paid. I get paid for the live show. Twitch is... Maybe I'll get a few dollars donations. Uh, so the live show has to take precedence for me. And I, I get a pretty reliable uh, group there. And those are the people that I, I need to write for. And so, what kind of age range are those people? Like, what, what are we talking? I would say my my standard live show audience at least the the main one that i host i do have another host that that is now doing 3 gigs for me i can't speak to his audience but uh mine is primarily probably 25 to 30 okay um, they they definitely skew younger than me um but i i try to stick to more humor oriented uh Hmm. or pop culture or um just general type questions so i i host drunk people trivia uh i think i think that's that's one thing like any pub quiz host that you ask will probably say that they host drunk people trivia you know, I don't know that that's number. true, though, because a lot of the, the trivia that I've gone to as a player, th- there's absolutely uh, a at least a subset of trivia hosts out there that think they are Alex Trebek, and they're uh. trying to host, like, the hardest stuff and find the smartest people, and uh, I, I don't fuck with that. I, it, it just it doesn't interest me. It's... I want... The people who just got done with a shitty, you know, 10-hour workday to come in and get drunk and have a pizza and have fun. Not have to, like, rack their brains to remember some obscure fact that they may have learned in grad school. Like, that's not what I'm looking for, you know? And so I... I pepper in the more typical trivia stuff. You know, your your sciences, your geographies, your histories. I pepper that in. I, I want anyone who comes in to feel like they're going to uh, be able to contribute to at least some questions. But I make them more of a scarcity. So you touched on pop culture there, and I feel like that's one of the big categories where age kind of really comes into play um like if you start asking about some 1970s sitcom 
your average 20 year old is going to have no clue <laughs> yeah um and and that, that's kind of that's kind of the thing of it really is is looking at who who you have and trying to look at hey when did this happen when did it come out when was it in the news you know um and and tailoring it that way um one of the things that i try to do because i don't because my audience is such a mystery i will try and spread those as thin as possible if i do a music round they'll usually be one from the 70s one from the 80s 90s noughties and 10s well 10s slash 20s now um and that seems to work quite well as a way of kind of sp- and they'll all usually be fairly well known um so even people who are attempting a a track from before their time will have a chance um but i i feel like pop culture is one of the places where the the difference in age really shows you know i want to uh staying on the age uh subject we did get an email from a listener uh Mm -hmm. shout out to sarah who also plays in a lot of the twitch games uh saruta i believe i I don't know how to pronounce it that's they they were in my game today actually awesome (laughs) Um, yeah, Sarah has sent in a few topic suggestions. One of them is uh, relevant to this discussion. Uh, it is specifically keeping multiple generations involved and engaged. And let's talk about that, uh, especially as it pertains to pop culture. Pop culture and music, two things that you just brought up and that are probably the biggest uh, dividers for those age ranges, how do you cater to those different generations in a topic like music or pop culture? Uh, you mentioned that you'll just try to do a span of music from different eras, which helps. Uh, Nick, what have you tried? So, in, so my Twitch games are twenty-five questions, and I have a very probably nobody probably notices that I have a very specific. Um, transition and order of questions. I do, you know, two music questions, two movie questions, two TV questions, two sports questions, two geography. They're kind of all mixed up in the order and they're not like, you don't have like any specific, um, uh, you know, point value. They're all, all the same point value, but I also incorporate uh, multiple choice. So multiple choice be kind of, kind of becomes the great equalizer in that, um, you're giving everybody a shot. Like, even if you have no idea what I'm at, what I'm talking about, when I'm talking about Duran Duran and, um, you know, somebody hears, here's, I don't play music during my, my streams, but if I'm giving out song lyrics, people will be like, Oh, that sounds familiar. It's, you know, it could be. And if I have the four listed, you know, it's Duran Duran, simply read, you know, name two other bands and okay, well, I think it might be one of these two and they could kind of, you know, use powers of deduction to figure out what it might be and then give themselves maybe a 50-50 shot or at least a 25% chance, you know, just by throwing a dart at the wall. Whereas you have your, you know, your your Gen Zers who are going to be like, yep, I know that that's, you know, Hungry at the Wolf. I got it. Like, that's easy. For me, that's easy. But for somebody who might be 
19 years old, you know, maybe their parents listen to it, but they have no idea who, who that is, or they are looking for some kind of hint. So for me, the, the, the way I do it is to incorporate multiple choice in some questions. And I write my question, the way I write my games, I don't write them for people to get 25 out of 25. That's just not how I do it. I write it. So there's a pretty much like a get between, you know, 17 and 23 is my goal uh, for like an average between everybody. Um, just because you know, I kind of in the same, same uh, way as Corey, like I write my shows to be fun. I don't write them to be challenging. I'm not looking to host Learned League online. Like that's not my goal. Um, you know, I know some people look for that. Some people are hardcore and, you know, they want the hardest questions they want, you know, quizzing international kind of stuff. You got to go somewhere else for that. That's not me. I'm not going to give that to you. I'm going to give you a few questions where you might learn something, um, but I'm never going to be that like, you know, dig out your Encyclopedia Britannica's and, you know, <laughs> turn a page and find something. It's never going to happen. Um, and, and guys, encyclopedias, for those of you who don't know, there were these books, <laughs> books that you had on your shelf. And if you wanted to learn something, you go you go pick up a book and you open it. Uh, I thought you like wait for the salesman to come to your door. Yes. And I'll well, no, it to you. We we used to buy them. Not we used to buy World Book, not Encyclopedia Britannica. And we used to have to go to the grocery store, and every single week they would have a new one, and you'd have to buy oh. one every single day, every single week. And then the next year they'd have the new edition, and my mom would say, "No, we already have those at home." Do you remember before the internet was quite what it is now? You could go buy, um. Like Encarta ninety five, yeah. you could buy the oh online Encarta. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. I I remember. Was it Encarta that had the labyrinth? Yeah, there was two game? main ones, and I think they both had some form of game. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think yeah. that one was Encarta. But yeah, it'd be a CD with the uh, encyclopedias on them. Um, it was kind of in that transition period. Yeah, between how many how many computers being... have CD drives these days? Yeah. <laughs> Barely uh, any of them. I I think I've got five computers in my office right now, and none of them have a CD drive. So, <laughs> like I I if I wanted one, I'd have to specifically request it. That's the yeah. thing. That's how much information has moved on in the last oh yeah 25 years it's it's insane yeah um similar to to what both of you have touched on i'm i do basically the same thing where i look at who the uh the target audience for each round is as opposed to writing the entire night for a target audience i do try and cater my my rounds to different people so that Somebody is always feeling uh, engaged at one point or another. But uh, I'll still pepper in references and, and questions that, you know, go back uh, for the old people, as I call them at my show. So, I mean, it could be, I could literally have a, a trivia round called 2020 TV Shows. And it's, you know, all about shows that came out on Netflix and Hulu and shit in 2020. Mm. But I will ask two or three questions in that 10 question round. That'll be something like so-and-so can be found on the 2020 TV show, blah, blah, blah. But 20 years ago, they were breaking hearts as so-and-so on what CBS TV show. 
and you know kind of bring in the older generations in that manner uh likewise with the music stuff i you know it, it might be a pop uh pop band audio round but i'll still throw in like some 70s pop just to mix it up a little bit you don't want any team getting a perfect score and you don't want that group of old people that didn't realize it was trivia time to walk out either so you know yeah. you throw them a few bones keep them interested well and uh, everyone that's learns a, that's that's the thing I, I i was going to kind of jump in when you said that you have that you tailor specific rounds to specific groups because the, the my my thought process with a lot of what i do is i want to keep people engaged throughout so if i have and it's the reason i don't have category specific rounds um is because i don't want people going oh it's the you know i don't do literature i'm gonna go go away for five ten minutes because on twitch you can't you can't afford that no um as soon as someone goes away for like two or three minutes it's unlikely they're coming back unless you've made a specific appointment for them to come back to um so i i generally try and yeah like like you said there kind of within each round try and vary everything up a bit over different topics different um different decades different kind of references um the one that i i've been failing on a lot recently is doing different ins for the same thing for like uh, over different generations um because i i lack the knowledge myself to be able to do that a lot of the time um because i i am a very young penguin uh <laughs> So it's it's very difficult for me to make those links in my head to be able to do that very quickly and effectively. Um which which is where I've personally been kind of struggling a lot recently. Um do you tend to find that writing for people outside of your own personal age group is more difficult? Um I don't. I think that, and again, my my typical audience does skew five plus years younger than me. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It, it's just things that I already went through, and a little bit easier to relate to it. You know, just going back to yeah, think about what mattered to you when you were twenty twenty five. You've been through it. It might not be fresh in your mind, but it's going to be easier to to write towards that than to say, "Huh, I wonder what kind of shit I'm going to care about in 20 years." Like, <laughs> Mortgage and um, yeah. uh, like. <laughs> let me let me write some life insurance and burial plot questions. I don't know. Um, no, I, I think that writing to a younger audience is generally easier. Not only because you've been through those younger years. Uh, yourself but also because realistically outside of you know political talk shows the world is aimed at a younger audience 
So everything that is big and popular and important right now is aimed towards, you know, those early mid twenties, uh, crowds. And so you just kind of put your finger on the pulse of today and you can write for the younger crowds. And I think another, another way to kind of gauge where you want to, like what stuff you want to write is just ask, ask people what you want questions about, because you don't know, like I didn't know that I have you know, when I was doing those that Tuesday show I was talking about, both places, I had one, the late show, I, I would ask, like, hey, if you have suggestions for categories, let me know. I used to write Jeopardy-style boards with, you know, six categories, five questions each for four different games. So I write 120 questions. And somebody was like, can you do a category on adult film stars? I said, you know what? Sure. If it's going to make you happy, you know, you guy who sits at the corner of the bar and you know, yells out stuff when he's had his fifth shot of Jack, like, fine. If it's going to make you happy, if it's going to shut you up, I'm going to do a category on adult film stars. So I figured out a way to do it that was, you know, appropriate. Ran it at my show before in, you know, out in rural Ni Niagara County. And there was this one guy who was kind of the same person and he destroyed the category. And everybody's like... <laughs> looking at each other like what is this how does he know <laughs> you know and and it's it was all these um avn star you know adult video uh news awards or whatever but they were all clothed so it's like pictures of, of film stars clothed and everybody's like how do you know this stuff he's this guy that doesn't say anything at the end of the bar he destroyed it it's like so it was pretty funny but it, again it's one of those things that if you if you see a team you know if you're in a bar and you're you're hosting in a, in a pub or whatever and you see a team that struggles, but they show up because they like to have fun. They, you know, they're just there to have a good time, you know, because they had a shitty day. They want to come out and have a good time. Ask them what they want a category about. They might want a category about daytime soaps, and you might have to do some research. But you know what? It might be worth it in the end because you're making somebody happy that otherwise would have just sat there and been content. But, you know, the next week they might bring somebody and they might bring somebody. And so it's one of those snowball effects that if you're doing the customer service portion of what we do, um, you know, there, there's, you know, the, the bar can do what they're going to do. The, the waitresses can do what they're going to do. But if you're providing the, the best, uh, best possible trivia night for everybody in the room, um, you know, that's the, that's the best way to do it. And it's hard. Like it is hard. You know, I don't want to sit there and do, you know, research on cooking methods. Like I don't know shit about cooking, but if somebody wants me to do it, I'm going to do it. No, I think uh, that's a really good point about just asking the players what they want around on and it's really on you as a host to make that category accessible to everyone um in fact i uh, i'll be hosting our, our game later today and i might change the one i had planned to better demonstrate this concept because i i had a, a group that i i really enjoyed this group they were very positive and just, uh, they were fun. They were fun to have in the bar. They didn't always win. They always, you know, did decent, though. And one time, I noticed that there's this one player on that team would always be knitting while they played. And so I, I did a round on knitting. Or I called it knitwit, but tried to make it accessible to non-knitters as well. And I mean, that's... That's an option for you. You can take a niche subject or a niche topic that um, is going to make one person or one team happy and still write it for the entire crowd. 
and mm. that's that's one of the strongest um one of the best things that you can do to to keep different groups entertained to keep different generations entertained to keep people with different interests and hobbies and personalities entertained because that's actually a, a, a fairly common thing is is having players pick categories uh, i mean i've come across it in pub trivia that i've been to before over here in the uk where the host will either give the winning team or the the least winning team uh the the option of choosing a category for the next week um and likewise i think jeff does something where someone can sw switch out a category each week i want to say um and that's that's certainly one way of doing it is having that that audience input into your game of being like hey i'm gonna let you choose a category you choose the category for me um that that's i've i've been doing that a while myself but i'm i'm kind of i've now got to the point where i'm asking other people to help me with the writing with that because i feel like i'm not doing the category justice because i don't know enough about it a lot of the time um and that's it's an experiment we'll see how it goes um because that's going to be the entirety of next next series when we come back is <laughs> is me experimenting with stuff and seeing how it works and sometimes it will explode in my face and others it will make beautiful beautiful tea you know, you should just let each uh, member of the Trivia Writers Co-op give you a suggested uh, round style. And you can just try all of our different trivia styles. <laughs> I I might do that one week. I might. J just as like a one-off. Um, you can do my backwards music that everyone loves. Oh my goodness, backwards music. <laughs> I, the thing is, I've done that myself before. Um, did I do it? Yes, yes, I've done it myself <laughs> before in the Pinnacle Larder. I've also done it before on a on a panel show I used to host on the radio as well. Nice. Um, uh, and it was it, it went down well. Um, because in in pretty much every circumstance, they had a vague idea of what was going on. Yeah, and the songs were fairly recognizable, like Chris Martin howling is certainly something that people can pick out for some reason. I don't know why, but people have this inane ability to go, that's Chris Martin howling for some reason. Um, that's that's how I'm looking to approach it going forward, um, is is having more, and like you two have said, having more input from my players in terms of what I do and how I do it. Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm running a community more than anything. Um, that's kind of what the Pinnacle Larder is. Um, and a community isn't just the person who runs it, it's all the people in it as well. Um, so having that input and having that, I don't want to say burden, but it's the closest word I can think of right now, be shared 
also makes my life a lot easier as well. I want to try something. Uh, I think we're oh. about to wrap up this roundtable. Okay. But I think that maybe we take some different uh, common trivia subjects and okay. discuss what, uh, for lack of a better word, what like the baseline or you know what the middle point of that subject is that's going to um, be approachable for the widest audience. Doing okay. a terrible job of explaining it, but I'll, using using music as an example, if you're doing a music round, I would say that yeah. you know right now in 2021, playing songs from the late 90s, early 2000s is probably going to have the biggest spread of people who will get them right. Yeah, you know? I I would I would tend to agree. It has the nostalgia effect for a lot of um, the younger audience, and the older audience were adults when that happened so they were hearing it at the grocery store or driving in their cars yeah it's... yeah and looking at justin timberlake with his noodle haircut <laughs> yeah and, and i think and on top of that like you have your your like your legacy artists you have yeah. your madonnas and your your michael jackson's and your you know even you know go a little you know a little bit deeper than your legacy you know like acdc and stuff like that like Stuff that if you if it comes on the radio, if Bohemian Rhapsody comes on the radio, ninety nine percent of the, the entire population of the Western world is going to know who that is. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's kind of having that knowledge, and then like, can I go deeper, or should I just stay at this? Just you know, get people's feet wet. Um, you know, let them dip their toes in. Um, for me, like I, I have a really difficult time just like you know playing back in black. Like, oh, who sang this song? Everybody everybody knows so I, yeah. I don't think everybody knows but 95 percent of people know oh that could be acdc and then if i do like a multiple choice question for it and i give you like acdc rush the guess who or you know backstreet Boys. rolling stones yeah everybody's gonna know okay <laughs> i think that's probably acdc yeah so it it's it's it, it there are there's a very there's a wide swath in terms of music like you play a beatles song people are going to know it's the Beatles. Like they're not going to get that mixed up with the Moody Blues. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I know there's like that genre of like the late nineties, early two thousands that especially like that we know really, really, really well. Um, but you're not going to sit there and play Dua Lipa and like exp expect people to know who that is. You know, people who are turning on the Grammy awards are like, who is this Cardi B person? Like, I don't know who this is. Or <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion. Like, I mean, if you are completely closed off to modern pop culture, I could understand not knowing who Cardi B is or Bruno Mars or like somebody of that ilk. Um, but yeah, you can't really go with what's huge today. It's probably like 15 years ago and a little bit far back farther than that, I would say. You know, it's actually, it's really interesting that you, you just said that because I've looked at some of my older music rounds um, and there'll, there'll be, uh rounds where it's like specifically playback 2019 and you know it'll be like all stuff from the billboard top 20 of the year um mm -hmm. i've looked back at some of my older music rounds and i see songs that i don't recognize two or three years later and i'll look it up and it'll be something that you know was really popular for two weeks in the summer of 2017 and then everyone thought it'd be some massive thing and it just died off 
Um, and it's it's really interesting to to look back and see that. Yeah, with music, it's funny to look at stuff like songs of the summer, and like you look back at you know lists from the last twenty years, and there mm. are one hit wonders all over the place, or you know songs from people who you know they were pretty well-known artists but the song was popped for like a week and then you know despacito came out and that just destroyed everything (laughs) nothing else is on the radio so there's a lot of that kind of stuff especially when you look at you know chart-based questions like i used to use billboard charts for everything because when i look at billboard charts i'm like well that's global that is not you know western new york that is not you know the radio stations that are here where i am right now it's everywhere so you know, now that I'm writing questions that are based off of essentially like global ideas, global concepts, that's what I kind of have to look at um, in terms of, you know, setting baselines. What would you, so kind of, we talked about kind of uh, more early art. Would you say that there's any modern day artists um, that fit into that category of everybody knows them? Mm, no. I, I disagree. No. I would say yeah. I would say I would say Beyonce. I'd say yeah. I'd say Gaga. Maybe I, I think it would depend Beyonce on how Beyonce's been back to the nineties. If you look at it, Destiny's it, Child. Oh, okay. If yeah, if you include Destiny's Child. But I think been. that Lady Gaga is a good example. Um, Taylor Swift. Right. It, then, it also depends on how deep you go in their in their catalogs. Like you could yeah. go with you know stuff off their most recent albums that nobody would know what it you know people would know, but I wouldn't know what it is. Like I would have to sit there and do research on Taylor Swift because I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. I would say yeah. more than than artists that are, uh, you know, kind of uh, breaking out of the generational mold right now. There's mm-hmm. songs. There's songs that'll be known by everybody. Uh, yeah. Despacito, as mentioned, or you know, depending on how recent it is, things like Old Town Road. You know, when that was everywhere, it was everywhere, and That's, yeah. a ninety-year-old grandma would have been able to identify that song. You know, um, I'm fairly sure I've seen a ninety-year-old grandma <laughs> dance to that on TikTok. There you uh, go. <laughs> it's probably yeah most of these songs are popular because of tiktok so it's like you know do i know um you know uh trying to think like watermelon sugar like i know that song because i've seen it you've seen you know videos on on tiktok or say so a dua lipa or sorry doja cat like it's it's these things that are so like disposable and not to say they're not great Mm -hmm. songs because they're very good songs but the but the cycle of how popular culture works now it's so fast yeah. It's so fast. Like, you know, The Weeknd, you know, Pining Lights is a great song. It's been on the Billboard charts forever. But, you know, it, how often does it, you know, when, when does the next one come out? I think that's the disposable nature, the cyclical nature of pop culture, um, especially with regards to music. I think music feels it way more than anything else um, because they're always looking for the new thing. They're not looking for anything sort of, you know, es- being established anymore because it just doesn't happen. Well, I think there's also that thing of music is on a weekly cycle, right? Like you have a chart coming out every week telling you what is the most popular song in the US or the UK. Um, uh, But moving on for music, um, films, film and TV, like what would you say is kind of a general... What's what's the term I'm looking for? Um, well, it's going to be more so, accessible. 
yeah, a generally accessible topic in film, uh, topics in film and TV. Like, what would you, what would you say is kind of safe terrain there? I would say summer blockbusters for the last forty years. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking MCU. You're talking. Um, what else has been big over the last forty years? Uh, the entire Games, Will Smith catalog. Harry, uh, oh, wiki Wiki Will, Wild Wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hunger Games, uh, Harry Potter, you yeah. know, they real those dominated like the entirety of the 2000s, 2010s. Um, but also Twilight. going back and you're looking at like your, your Top Golden Guns, Ranks, uh, top Jaws, gun. you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like if it was a summer blockbuster in the last 40 years, it will probably be accessible to most people playing trivia. Right, and you're especially looking at things like like action films and comedy films, and staying away from things like dramas. So that's why it, it's difficult to use things like the Oscar awards or the the you know the Golden Globes as sort of benchmarks for that kind of stuff because you have you know they're they're great films that win these awards, obviously, but it's the stuff that really flies into the radar that te- that tends to win them. Like, do I know anything about Moonlight or La La Land? No, the only thing that I know about them is that John Travolta screwed up, or not John Travolta, but somebody screwed it up. Yeah, that's the only thing that I know about that's, it. And yeah. So it it's to, one of those things where it's really difficult to use award shows for that in terms of trying to figure what that is. It's more looking at things like box office numbers because if it has huge box office numbers, you know people are paying to go see it. See, it, using box office numbers as a metric is an interesting one because um, sometimes um, like having particular metrics for a category – um i i've i've been stung by before um i have no idea what counts as popular in the states in terms of how something places on the billboard chart like is someone gonna know something that's top 10 is that uh, is it just like the number one that's kind of very kind of well known um what's kind of safe territory there and with the with the box office um it's it's similarly when you're looking at domestic and worldwide um i feel like there is that disparity between what's popular kind of nationwide and what's popular worldwide as well i'm uh, i'm on the wiki page right now for blockbuster yep the the type of I'm movies assuming, not the store yeah not the store that, that <laughs> closed down all but one branch um I'm looking at it's talking about the blockbuster era of the 80s to the 90s and okay. the specific movies mentioned here are Alien, Aliens, yep. the yep. 3 Indiana Jones, E.T., yep. Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, The Back to the yep. Futures, Top yep. Gun, Die Hard, Batman and Batman Returns and The Hunt for Red October. And I would honestly say with the singular exception of Hunt for Red October. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good, I mean, not that it's not a good one. It's just not one that, you know, a 20-year-old kid right now is going to pick to watch. But I think that all of the rest of those would absolutely be fair game movies in a a trivia game that's primarily 25-year-olds. Even though it came out 15 years before they were born. Well, it's because it's on the telly quite a bit as well, though, right? Like, you, it's those sound like the kind of movies that you have on... Um, like in that lull between Christmas and New Year's, 
that happens. Um, like that sounds like the kind of thing that would be on uh, one of the TV stations to fill a gap. Um, no, I I don't think it's that. It, it's possible. I I could be wrong, but I, I would yeah. I would guess that it's more a of a generational thing. Um, and in fact, instead of saying the last 40 years, it probably would have been more accurate to say summer blockbusters from the last, you know, three generations, something that your parents were going to sit down and, and watch with you. They're like, Hey, let's watch a movie. And they're going to pull out a blockbuster from when they were younger or even, yeah. you know, your grandparents, like, cause that's how the kids got into the Star Wars and the Back to the Futures and the Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I was nothing when those movies came out, but my parents were huge into them. And so they sat me down with them and watched them. And I think that's what's going to make a movie accessible today. If it's the kind of okay. movie that you would watch with your kids, with your parents. Yeah, and, and I think that's funny you mentioned that list. And if you look, there's there's there tends to be a, a connection between all of it, and they're all franchises. Yeah. These are things there. It's not just one movie. Uh, you know, may have just mentioned one movie like back, you know, Back to the Future or Jaws, but most of them are are parts of an entire franchise of movies, which is important for the longevity of you know just one movie. Having three movies to reference to is really important. Um, all of those are possible where you can have. Um, you know, you could essentially do a theme night on any of those franchises easily and probably pull in a, a you know, pretty decent uh, group just based on, you know, the knowledge that you would have of that specific movie group. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about TV? Oh, goodness. that That's more difficult, I think. I agree. Um, I think TV is a lot, I'd lot say... harder than movies. My 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 instant reaction is to go to classic comedies. Um, uh, what kind of classic though? This is the thing. I'll say things, and you won't know what they are because they're British. <laughs> That's like right. Faulty Towers and um, uh, see. I wouldn't even dare go into Monty Python because mm. it's it's not it's a sketch show. Like there's not really much to ask about there. Um, yeah, like, can you answer this specific question about the argument this, clinic sketch? Like, yeah, yeah, this specific sketch. I mean, there's some it'd be like asking about that, an SNL sketch. That, that, there's some sketches that are timeless, like Ministry of Silly Walks. Um, but um, I'd say Only Fools and Horses is kind of. I mean, I'm I might be. A little bit biased here because um you know i it's a thing that i used to watch as a kid on one of those channels that used to show reruns of everything um uh, red dwarf as well was fairly big in its influence and now that it's come back and is having new series it's bringing in kind of a new crowd but these are all things that I know for a fact that my American friends are looking at me completely blank and clueless as to what the hell are you on about? I'm familiar with Red Dwarf. Okay. It was on PBS good. when I was a kid. Um, can we talk really quick about uh, Monty Python? Yep. And how 
with the exception of the movies. I mean, the movies were were huge uh, all over. Yeah. I would say, especially Holy Grail. But I think that there were some some Monty Python sketches that were so big, so good that they became fairly huge in America as well. Um, certainly okay. not full episodes or specials, but just certain sketches, like the dead I'm parrot sketch. Dead parrot, yep. Yeah. Okay. People are going, even if they don't know it's called the dead parrot or haven't watched the clip, they're going to be familiar with the banter because it's, you know, broken into uh, other TV shows and, and movies or the argument clinic, things like that, that just couldn't help but to spread um have you seen anything like that with for example saturday night live like just saturday night live sketches that just kind of blew up mm. over there well i think you've had characters that have spun off from saturday night live sketches like the blues brothers for instance yeah um and um i'm not the best person to ask about this uh, that's fair it's the, it's the honest answer <laughs> Um, Nick, any anything jumping out at you? I mean, I, I think Saturday Night Live is probably the in, in terms of crossing, you know, generations is one of the the most important shows. Mainly because it has been at least, I mean, maybe not so much now, but for a good 20, 30 years, it was one of the most popular popular shows on television because it it opened so many doors for so many comedians where like the, the, the branches that come off the tree of Saturday night live are absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, for better, or for worse, there are some pretty bad people who came off of that show too. Um, but there's a lot of like, um, you know, backstage sort of stuff that, that is kind of living in the lore of Saturday night live, the sketches, the guest hosts, the guest music. There is so much that happens in the world of Saturday night live that, lives on still like if, if you were to show a picture the, the one we were talking earlier about knowing one thing about um you know moonlight or la la land what is the one thing people know about Sinead o'connor 30 years later they know that she tore up a picture of the pope um like that's and that's not even related to her music um you know they don't or even andy know what song she's singing andy kaufman yeah, is the right. same thing and that's so much that's so much farther ago than than that so um, there's so many things that are entrenched in it. Like, obviously, yes, we have all of the legacy television shows like your Game of Thrones, your Doctor Who, you know, your The Office, both UK and US, um, that are very important. They're very, um, they have a big spot in the mind space of trivia players. Um, but if you were to like walk down the street and like ask general questions about television, I'd say probably Saturday Night Live is maybe the biggest one. I yeah. Hmm. You said Game of Thrones there, and I kind of went, I feel like it's fallen out of the public eye a lot. Absolutely. Um, Game of Thrones, though, is a very special, unique situation because it was yeah. such, it was so pervasive. It was everywhere for however many years, and then it straight down, just it wasn't i think it is unique dead as well 
Walking Dead petered off and is still being made. There's still The Walking Dead and I think one or two spinoffs. But I genuinely think Game of Thrones is unique in how quickly and ultimately it died once it was over. Mm. I cannot think of anything else that has ever just yeah <laughs> go ahead uh the simpsons I, I i don't think they they are still they pop up into relevance they're still talked about they're still going i mean when is the last i i've had people reference the simpsons within the last few days but when hmm. is the so last be- time somebody talked to you about game of thrones I mean, in my space, like nobody, I I've never watched the show, so I I wouldn't know. Um, it's not, never something that ever interested me. And when somebody asked me for a category, I'd have to fake my way through it. Um, but yeah, I I'm trying to think of something else. Like, I don't, I wasn't really living in the in the trivia world when Lost was on television. I could see that being one of those things where mm-hmm. you know when people were asking tons of questions about Lost because it was appointment television, and then that last season just, you know, even though in retrospect it's still a pretty good season, but it completely fell off and ratings just went down the tube. Um, so I could see that kind of being on the same level as Game of Thrones, just because the final season I think, was so questionable. I'd say maybe in like a, not on the same scale, but a smaller scale version. I, I don't think that Lost, I mean, Tipster, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't mm. think Lost was really the worldwide phenomenon that Game of Thrones was. No, Lost and, was and big I, over here. Was um, it? as well hmm. um like when the numbers happened that was a big fit like yeah that was a water cooler moment i never um, watched lost and i'm familiar with the numbers so yeah that, it, and that's the thing right um and then um so i've got two things to say first of all the simpsons is still relevant because people constantly bring up that it's predicting the future yeah um and uh, the other thing is, they're still making The Walking Dead. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, with those those things, they, they're not as popular as they once were, but it's more of a gradual decline where Game of Thrones was like 80 miles an hour into a wall. It just uh, yeah, it right? crashed to a stop. No crumple zones, no nothing. Just, just gone. It, it was vanished. it was like it was like Game of Thrones hit eighty eight miles per hour is what happened. And maybe maybe may, maybe may, in like twenty years we'll just it's gonna pop out and be like, hey, here we are. It was it was a, <laughs> a snap for us in twenty years for you, but we're back. But at the time, eighty eight miles an hour and then gone. Jon Snow's gonna come out of a steaming DeLorean, <laughs> the, the, the 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 Game of Thrones character, not the newsreader, um, and just be like, "Where am I? What's going yeah. on?" <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, to get us back on track, TV shows. I don't think there is a safe uh, period for TV like there might be for movies or music. I think it's just shows that have become their own phenomenon, like the mm. Seinfelds, the Friends, the Game of Thrones, Oh, God, Friends. Yeah. Friends, Friends, definitely something you yeah. can ask about, because, oh, my God, how many bloody reruns were there of that for, for like, <laughs> a, a decade after it finished? 
All right. And now that... they're planning a reu- They're filming a reunion now. That's what I've heard. I, I don't know what the progress is on uh... it. Or, um. All right. Let's let's try to rapid fire a few more of these. Sports. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sports in, in the U.S. I think non-statistic questions about anyone who has transcended sports is safe like like any athlete that has um partaken partaken partook partaked who has existed in uh, another pop culture area would be safe to talk about or most championship games are safe Can other you... than that can you give I, me examples of what you mean by that? Because I mean, kind of uh, whether it's a uh, an athlete that has gone into acting or into singing or into politics, something like that. I think that those athletes are going to be fair game uh, for most people to to answer questions about, like The Rock becoming a movie star. Oh, or, right. Okay. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or you right. know, we've got a number of of athletes that have become politicians. Right. Um, or not even necessarily politicians, but became political statements or political activists yeah. like your Colin Kaepernick's or, yeah. you know, LeBron James from, you know, LeBron James for more reason than his political activism. Just being, you know, LeBron James is a pretty big well, deal. He's in Space um, Jam. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it, other than that, I think that sports, you kind of have to have the right crowd and you can't. You can't even dabble in anything more than the most basic facts of any sport that isn't, you know, one of the big ones. If it's not uh, in the U.S., if it's not baseball, basketball, or football, you're already on shaky ground. Hockey is okay. Soccer is okay. The Olympics are okay. You mean mean hand egg. Okay. Yes, hand egg. I I think... I think the Olympics is actually a good shout, though. I think Olympics, like, there are definitely people who've made their name at the Olympics. And I'd say that's actually kind of a much wider branching thing, at least internationally. Um, Over here in the UK, obviously, football's bloody everywhere. Um, Yeah. the, the the one that you kick the ball not pick it up um <laughs> i <laughs> i still despair i still despair at american football um i also the, the thing is that again that stuff that you're only going to know if you're in that bubble or in that particular crowd um a lot of what I tend to do with sports tends to be less about sports people and results and more about the sports themselves um, or sports people who've done other stuff, like you said. Um, do do I class wrestling as a sport? Well, that's a whole different question. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you can you can call the performers athletes. I think that's yeah. No, I that, think that's that's, that's fair game. And that, yeah, you, and that kind of lets you uh, drag wrestling into the sports into category. Into sports. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I tend to think of it more as kind of general entertainment, but uh, each to their own. Soap opera. Doesn't either. 
All right, Nick, uh, pick a pick an educational subject. Pick an academic edu- subject. An academic um, subject. Let's. Oh, sorry, Nick. Yeah. You had something. Uh, got geography. All right. Oh, what's okay. safe on? That's actually a really good one because we're talking about international audiences. What is safe in geography? I think. Well, I mean, what I think literal locations is generally safe because hmm. the location of a place doesn't change very often. Country and city wise, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think landmarks as well, obviously. Um, uh, which kind of encompasses a lot of things, really. Rivers, seas, bays, oceans. Um, uh, and then the man-made stuff as well, like um, your Taj Mahals and your Eiffel Towers and your, your, your terracotta armies. So what would um, be the general rule for whether a geographical question is uh, accessible to a wider audience? Oh, goodness. Um, that's a complicated one because I feel like... So the way I make the call is by looking at what where i'm getting the information from like if if i'm getting it from the aa and wikipedia but i'm not getting it from any american tourist websites or anything like that then it's probably too uk centric if it's something you'd find in a tour uh, in like a travel guide for that country I feel like it's fair game. I would say that um, geographics or geography (laughs) is is one of the areas where uh, rote memorization is a little more acceptable. You know, knowing, um, you know, how many countries are on this continent or what is the capital of this country, that kind of thing where... You know, it really is just memorizing stats, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. But it's it's a little more acceptable in that feature as far as being accessible to a, a wider audience. Yeah, no, I, I'd certainly agree with that. And I think part of it is, you know, you could ask what the capital of Kansas is. I mean, that's that's lazy question writing. But you could also there's different ways you could throw other topics in to kind of make it, you know, a little bit more, you know, like Wichita is the capital of, you know, what state, which also, you know, is the state where Dorothy is from and where's Navas, like something stupid oh, like that. Oh, OK. Like, it's it's Wichita. OK. I was like, yes, is, it Can- is, it, it, is it Kansas City? Because no, it's not. we talked about that the other week and how half of it's in bloody Missouri and <laughs> they play by a different set of rules and it. It peeves me no end. I just go on. Isn't it Topeka? I thought yeah, Topeka no, it was is Topeka. Capital. It is Topeka. I screwed <laughs> Wait, that up. Wait, what? I was like, wait a second. That doesn't <laughs> feel it's right. Should be right it's Topeka. It's not Wichita. I have family in Wichita. That's why I came to mind. <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, so okay. something like that, like, you know, like kind of reversing the questions, you know, taking lazy question writing and making it more accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. like entering in a pop culture reference like The Wizard of Oz makes it a little bit easier. Well, um, I want to I want to put in a, a little uh, nitpick there. I, I'd say that makes it more entertaining for everyone, but, you know, not 
it, it doesn't change the accessibility because it still does just come down to uh, what is the capital of Kansas. I, I, I think adding in... So the Wizard of Oz is definitely a... The, yeah, it makes it a better question. I, yeah, I'm, but I, it also, as a film, is a generally accessible film, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, and we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Um, like, that iconic line. I feel like that definitely makes it a lot more accessible. No, all I'm uh, saying is that uh, relating... Like, instead of saying, what is the capital of Kansas... You know, what is the capital of the state from which Dorothy and Toto were oh. you know, yanked out? That That's a better version of the question, 100%, but it's not more accessible as far as, like, helping someone figure okay. out the answer. We were um, talking about but, two different questions there. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. But I do, I do still think uh, coming less international and more U.S.-centric, I think that state capitals are also fair game. Um, I think that they're generally acceptable or accessible to a U.S. I've, crowd. I've definitely met people who don't know their own state capital. Yeah, well, that's why um, it's still a trivia question. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna get a you're you're not always gonna get a hundred percent get rate on those questions. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, and, and if you were, you not... shouldn't ask them. I mean, yeah, that's not what we're aiming for here as well, to be fair. It's the, the idea of trivia isn't for everybody to get it. It's for everybody to feel like they have a shot at it, I feel. Yeah. Like, that's what I tend to aim for in my games, is I want people to feel like they had a chance a lot of the time. Even if they don't directly know the thing itself, They've got some frame of reference that allows them to narrow it down to some set of possibilities or um, or there's, you know, extra little breadcrumbs of information that may lead them to the correct answer. Or if right. they have that O factor when you read out the answer, um, All right. where everything falls into place. Let's do one um, more. I'm going to group. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to throw something else? No, in no, 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 no. I was going to. I was gonna say, let's not just on. I was gonna say history next, but you know. Well, yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Let's do one last little uh, blurb on, you know, the the kind of academic group of literature, history, science, oh, and math. Oh God! How do you find the accessible, you know, general audience uh, kind of core of those subjects? And I'm going to start off by just throwing out um, anything that was taught at the basic levels in public school. So not okay. not going into, you know, AP uh, classes, but, you know, if, if it was a general subject, if it was a book that was required in public school, or if it's just general science, math, literature, or history... From middle school, high school, grade school. I'd say it's generally fair game for anyone. Or the UK equivalent. Yeah, I primary I don't school. Work out what the I UK think. equivalent is. I primary think the thing and is secondary? Only, uh so even even then, no, I'd say up to halfway through secondary, really. Is, is sec uh, secondary is high school for you guys, right? That's not 
college. So, so uh, it's not. Oh God, what do you call college? Um, university. University. Uh, right. Your college is university. Yeah. Okay. So what our secondary about? school runs from eleven until uh, sixteen. Okay. Let's just say anything that you would learn up until you're eighteen or sixteen. Yeah. No, sixteen is when you start to really specialize. Um, so I'd say anything because a lot of the subjects you mentioned there were um, from uh, for most people compulsory at GCSE level to some degree history, geography, um, maths, maths and English definitely and sci- some form of science definitely. Um, the the other thing that I'd throw into the mix there is quote unquote popular science or popular maths. So this is stuff that you don't necessarily get in school, but interesting kind of things that fall out of... uh, Things that are... How do I explain this? Interesting things that fall out of those subjects. Um, Like what? So I'm trying to word this in a way... The easiest way to word it is there is a popular science books section that will tell you all about this. But stuff like, I feel like a st- basic astronomy is one of those things that we were never taught in schools, but a lot of people know. Like, con- I'd say constellations, that kind of thing. I think I we learned about that in like grade school. Oh, we were never we never went into really? like that kind of specifics. What about uh, mechanics? I think that maybe uh, general mechanics, like things like, you know, what the alternator or distributor does, your radiator, stuff like that. I think that maybe that would fall under a popular science category in, in that it guess. wasn't okay. really taught in school, but yeah. through life, you've probably had some experience with it and are going to have some vague knowledge or at least understanding of the fact that it exists. Hmm. I mean, I don't know what those things you said were just now, <laughs> but I accept that those are things that exist, and I know of them. So I'm fair enough. Look, look. Okay, I can't repair a car. I've got flippers. It's really difficult. We've been through this. We've got no opposable thumbs. They can't reach the pedals. Uh, th- th- that's easily fixed. I have blocks of wood for that. But I think that not being able to repair a car, you and most people would probably correctly answer the question if you're driving down the road and your radiator explodes, what uh, what is the culprit? What has happened under the hood that caused that? Oh, you've run out of blinker fluid. God damn it. Windshield wiper <laughs> fluid out. <laughs> I think that most people, whether even if they've never even like done an oil change, they're still going to know that that's overheating. Yeah, like there, there's going to be some aspects of mechanics that you know you're not taught in school, but are still accessible. So wait, um, you're saying st- stuff that you learn in your driving theory test? <laughs> how, about, that... <laughs> how about anything academic that you might experience in real life? Okay, should yeah, be accessible. I can see that. Uh, which would include literature. So what? what's literature that... 
I mean, magazines. Do you ask questions about magazines? Oh, I do. I have. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there, there's certain popular magazines that have been around for ages and ages and ages. That's true. Um, you could ask about the magazine itself and not about you right. know, issues. You yeah. ask about, you know, the covers or you ask, like, obviously very important one in, the, in terms of the sports world, going back to sports, the Sports Illustrated. Um, you know, you could ask about, you know, because there are very iconic covers of that magazine. There's iconic covers of Playboy magazine, um, Life, um, Time, National, National Geographic. Geographic. Like, no. there, there are very important magazines. Um, you know, you, I've done, you know, almost not yearly, but like the the most influential people is, is put out by Time magazine every year. Um, yeah. And it's it's a very easy, you know, you could pick that list and pick 10 people off the list and write a question about each one and kind of have that be a category. And it's a little bit, it's a very easy, um, you know, thing to pull from. You have one big group of people who come from a big diverse group um, and, you know, pick them out. Um, in terms of other literature stuff, um, you know, Shakespeare is obviously a big one. Um, anything to do with um, you know, short plays, poems, things of that nature. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of the, like you were saying, Corey, the, the, the basics that you would get, uh, that hit in every single, um, you know, grade school or, or secondary school education. Um, you know, you go to the flies, um, you're, you know, Julius Caesar was talking about, you know, um, Shakespeare earlier. You're not going to ask about, you know, the, the histories that he wrote. You're going to more ask about the comedies and tragedies for, for instance. Um, True. Yeah, and then you have your your big poets um, that are really important. Um, you know your your classics like your um, uh, Dante's Inferno. You have Homer, like all of you know the the older stuff that is very historically important as well. Um, those are the ones that I would probably necessarily say are, are more um, accessible by everybody or by bigger groups, not necessarily everybody, because not everybody paid attention in school, like me. Mm. What about history? Where where do you draw the line at what you can ask in history? Like, is it a date? You know, does it get specialized, you know, in the 12 to 1600s? Is it more of a regional thing? Like, what's, if you have, you don't know who's going to be playing your game and you need to write a history round, what's a fair game? I mean, uh, rulers, monarchs, presidents are always kind of a safe bet, I feel. Um, so... Uh, there, there are times when you can go a little too deep on that. Like if I asked who was the ruler of Japan in such and such uh, BC, uh, Hirohito. It's when everybody goes to. Yep. <laughs> um, I know that Winston Churchill was a king at one point. Yes. So I figure that's was he? <laughs> I. Um, King Churchill no, he, uh, won he, World War Two. I thought uh, that there's so much wrong with what you just said. <laughs> I don't. We need a whole other podcast to go through that. Um, oh my goodness! Although uh, one of the few few commoners to have a state funeral, I found out today. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I, I feel like that is fair game. I feel like any major global conflicts are also fair game um usually not anything too recent though i tend to find um did you know that 
uh, Churchill was one of maybe the first person granted honorary U.S. citizenship. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, there's been others that, like, there. it gets a little bit wonky because there will be, like, some states that have granted, like, state citizenship. State citizenship, to, yeah. But as far as, like, U.S. as a whole, I think he was the first. Um, yeah. I mean, Because he was else? the best king you had. If I could, if my flippers could reach my face, I'd be face palming right now. I would. It's um, double funny because he was pretty problematic. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything I feel like we're petering. else in the category of history, though? Like the global events history? are important. Yeah. Like you know, if you could if you could put a date on it. Um, you know, it's obviously like fair game. If you could, you know, um, I think Normandy if they made a movie about it, yes, Can yeah. Like if you it? if you could point, like if you look at somebody's film career and say he played Howard Hughes, then you're probably good to go with writing a question about Howard Hughes. Um, yeah. Or like you know anybody that Daniel Day Lewis played, you're probably good to go in writing a question about. Um, yeah. You've got your Chernobyls, your Pompeys, your yep. things like that. You you just. Your jokers. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Wait, no, that's Heath Ledger. <laughs> or Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, why do I always get those two mixed up? Mark Hamill. Yep. Oh, Heath Ledger and Daniel Day Lewis? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I think it's. Me I, either. It's just, there's just this loose connection in my head between the two of them. All right. Couldn't explain it. I, I think we're petering here. Um, it's it's kind of the, the point and the problem is that it's hard to to really make this stuff accessible for a large group of people. I mean, you, hmm. you don't know what people are going to know. Um, well, that's so, that's the thing is is either you're you're going for a safe approach or you you take something that's slightly more obscure, but try and leave breadcrumbs for other people. Yeah. And I think that's that's the best thing that you can do. Yeah. And the one thing we didn't even cover is like, how do you, you know, how do you genderize your questions? Like, how oh. do you make them like easier, easy for both genders to, or all genders to participate? Yeah. I've, I've had question, I hosted a show once where mm -hmm. I specifically had a woman come up to me and say, there aren't enough girl questions here. Why don't you have more girl questions? And I, in my head, I'm like, really? I, I don't. Did I, did, and then it made me really think about my, my question writing process. Like that's a really hard one to even, you know, I don't, you would need a, probably a whole podcast just, just on that. Um, I feel like we did an episode on uh, gender representation, didn't we? Uh, I thought that we had Aaron on. Very quick. Yeah, we might not. Have, but good. if not, I'll, I'll go back and look through our episodes. Yeah. And if not, we'll add that to the, uh, the upcoming, because I, I think that's something that, Definitely deserves an entire roundtable unto itself. Is and I mean it, it might even uh, lead into like an entire, you know, maybe we do a string uh, doing mm. gender and uh, race or sexuality or whatever you know um, 
just general inclusiveness, which I, again, I feel like we've, if yeah, we haven't done a, that specifically, we've at least touched on it, but yeah, there was an episode where you had, I think Carmela and Ben on. Um, yeah. Writing for diverse audiences. There you go. Okay. Yep. Which we're kind of touching um, now was, as well, yeah. but yeah, there, there's just so many things that we can get into and, and we can devote some entire episodes to a few of those as well. So, yeah. Um, but let's not let's not do that right now. Instead, let's torture Nick with his first ever keyword challenge. Nick, are you are you ready for this? Are you familiar? Oh, do you know what? To strap expect? in. I'm ready to go. I do. Well, for the listeners who don't know, uh, in just a moment, I am going to present both Tipster and Nick with a keyword uh, that has been sent in by a listener. And we're all going to have 10 minutes to write one question about that keyword. Um, you use the keyword in its entirety in your question. It could be in the question or in the answer. And the listeners are going to get a chance to vote on who wrote the uh, best 10 minute question. Any, any questions or issues before we get started? No, I'm excited. Let's go. All right. Uh, our I'm keyword worried. today is American football. Oh, no. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just joking. I'm just giving you shit because you brought that up earlier. Uh, it's actually bucket. Bucket is our bucket. keyword brought to us by Rogue Clown, who I believe uh, both of you at least are familiar with from Twitch games. Uh, Rogue Clown being a very... Uh, um, Supportive and awesome member of the trivia community on Twitch. And I believe coming to us all from the Liquid Courage hosts. Uh, so shout out to Rogue Clown and Liquid Courage and everybody over there. Let's go right about Bucket. Bucket. Yeah. Oh, there's so many ways you could go with this. Bonus there's points so if your question is a limerick. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll see y'all in 10 minutes. And we're back. Now, we took 10 minutes to write the best question we could about Bucket, courtesy of Rogue Clown. And uh, Nick, since you're the guest, why don't you hit us first? Sure. Uh, so my question is, uh, Brian Patrick Carroll, better known as Buckethead, recorded three songs, Shackler's Revenge, Scraped, and Sorry, on what band's long-awaited project that took 10 years to record? Huh. As a fan of Buckethead, as well <laughs> as uh, Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains, and many other associated acts, I feel fairly confident <laughs> on this one i'm gonna i'm gonna put myself about 95 percent um but we'll see what what tipster has I, i'm trying to i'm trying to rack my brains to see if i recognize any of those songs um the only bucket head that is coming to mind is not a uh a, an artist it's a party political candidate so no mm. um Oh, that's where I should have gone with this question. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I should, have gone good. For, I should have gone for Lord Buckethead. Um, oh, well, there's always next time. Uh, oh, what's, what's happening? What's happening with me? 
for anyone who can't see, which is literally all of you. <laughs> literally everybody. Tipster, tipster's eye <laughs> was was glued shut. Closed. <laughs> Look, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally that happens. Um, first time I've winked in forever. Um, you're going to have to put me out of my misery, Corey. What is it? Uh, that would be Guns and Roses. Yeah, Guns N' Roses is the correct answer on that one. Uh, well done, Corey. Um, Thanks. Yeah, he, he recorded a, a few songs and quit the band, and uh, they didn't rec- release the album until three years later. It was a very uh, long, long-awaited project that Axl Rose said it was coming out in like 1999. It didn't come out till 2008. Um, Shackler's Revenge, you would know if you played Rock Band. Um, outside of that, the other three songs, the other two songs have really no relevance in the rock world, um, but... It was a pretty big deal when the album came out, and it was I Corey. You can disagree with me if you want, but kind of disappointing. Yeah, I really had no no strong feelings towards it, which means yeah. it wasn't that good. Yeah. All right, tipster. I I was more of a guitar hero person. Back ah, fair. In the day, Agreed. I think. <laughs> you know, very... just because it was cheaper, you only had to buy the <laughs> guitar, not the entire band. Like. <laughs> I know this is very niche, but I, 100%, my absolute favorite was Guitar Hero 3 on the Wii. On the Wii? I think that on the Wii, it felt like it had the best response time. Like, as far as, you know, input lag, uh, I liked the weight of the the controller. Oh, and the fact that you could, like, tilt the guitar to activate the star power. Yes, that was huge. Like, just rock out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Guitar Hero 3, I had the best music, and yeah, very Guitar Hero on the Wii was the best. <laughs> I'm just, oh. that's my controversial opinion of the day. We, we, we tangent so hard, <laughs> we tangent on our tangents. Um, that, that, is, that is how this podcast goes sometimes. That's fair. Um, okay. Funnily enough, after what we've talked about today, this might be the most inaccessible question I've ever written. So here <laughs> goes. What flower, named for the lover of Apollo who it supposedly bloomed from, also gives its name to the bucket played by Pat- Patricia Rutledge in Keeping Up Appearances? Although I'm told it's pronounced bouquet, darling. Oh my god. I'm just trying to think of Apollo's lovers because that's the only in I yeah. have here. I I wrote myself into a corner with this, but I as soon as I heard Bucket, it's like, I've got to go with this joke. i got to go with this line. And I completely forgot about Lord Buckethead. So <laughs> this is what you're left with. Do you have anything, Nick? I've got nothing. I'm really bad with, um, you know, with mythology. Actually, in terms of trivia questions in general, like, I, I joke about it. I forgot more. I've forgotten more trivia I've written than I will ever know again in my life. Um, but yeah, this is this is a tough one. And there's obviously a lot of ways to get to it, um, which obviously with a lot of these long, longer form style questions, I really enjoy. Um, because when I inevitably get it wrong, I'll learn more than one thing about it. Um, I, I have one. I can think of one Apollo lover. The answer is flower related, but it's not a flower so okay, i don't okay. know uh but i i know that that one of the lovers was hymen or hymenaeus okay and obviously a hymen is part of the flower reproductive right system but uh 
I mean, I feel good about that. I, it's, I mean, it doesn't fit. Like, it's not a flower unless he's using it in like the kind of tongue-in-cheek or colloquial, right? Way, I suppose. Do I strike you but, as tongue-in-cheek or colloquial, Corey? No, you don't. Especially <laughs> since especially you wouldn't give somebody a, a bouquet of hymens. So, I, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm lost. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this here before it gets any worse. The answer we were looking for was hyacinth. Ah. Okay. That's fair. Right. I'll, I'll allow it. I mean, yeah, first two letters, right? Bouquet yeah, of Hymens is a you, possible you, title for this episode. Yeah, no, that's definitely going on the list. <laughs> Hyacinth. Oh, that's okay. I don't remember. I don't remember that story. But was that so? One of the... What happened was um, they were playing about with what's effectively a discus. Um, Apollo throws it really far. Um, the the god of wind. Oh, he gets was the really... one that that was killed by the discus, right? Yes, Hyacinth Got was the it. one that was killed. Okay, because they tried to catch it after the god of wind made it go really far. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I think it was a good question. It had or tell me though about this keeping up appearance. So she just gave somebody or was given a bouquet of hyacinths. Uh, no. So uh. Hyacinth Bouquet is the central character in this British comedy called Keeping Up Appearances. Okay. Uh, the whole running gag is that everybody calls her Bucket and she replies it's pronounced Bouquet, darling, even Got though it. it's spelt B-U-C-K-E-T because nice. she's trying to make it look like she's more well-to-do than she actually is. So she's keeping up appearances. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The... Well, I'm sure that played really well with the international audience. Um, I, uh, and you no, give not, me American not, questions all the time. I'm not being facetious. I'm being genuine. I'm just not. Oh, okay. The show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, again, the the first in was totally valid and and made it accessible over here. So so we just didn't happen to get it. But I think it was a good question. Yeah, I agree. I I still can't believe you somehow jumped a bouquet of hymens. <laughs> I didn't. That was just the only lover I could think of, and it felt weird. <laughs> I need to check this. <laughs> Apollo? No, wait, hold on. Let's not Google search Apollo hymen lover. That's gonna that's gonna <laughs> completely. Go ahead, Google it. Double check me. Cassandra Calliope. I I don't see a hymen on here. It could be listed as. Hymenaeus. I don't know where you've got that from. What list are you looking at? Uh, I am looking at uh, a wiki on Greek mythology. Um, I'm looking at consorts and male lovers of Apollo. As a god of love, he was described as a son of Apollo. Here we go. Yeah, his parent his. Uh, Hyman is Hyman's parents are um, Apollo and one of the muses. So, oh, but he was also, okay. if you look here, bam, there you go. Male lovers of Apollo. Hyman is on that list. What? But wasn't? Didn't we just say that? Oh God, Greek 
Greek yeah, mythology I mean, just uh, yeah, all over the place, all over the place. Um, save us from this mess, Corey, please. I'll try with my keyword challenge or by explaining Greek mythology. <laughs> Uh, whichever you prefer, <laughs> but we've only got so long recording time. Yeah, and I don't know that Greek mythology can be explained, so I'll just read you my question. Charlie Bucket's only opinion is that it's strange but fun, while which actor's character asks a group of kids, are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? And again, I want the actor, which actor's character oh, said that to kids i know this i think i've got yeah. it to a t i think also this may be the shortest keyword challenge question i've ever yeah. written I, we were we were joking <laughs> about that while you were away oh no like, yeah i think i feel i've written a corby length one and then i realized it was only two sentences <laughs> oh my goodness all right nick you're being quiet over there do you um, do you have any yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I'm leading Gene, Gene Wilder on this. Is that that's that's where it, I'm going? Fires yeah. of hell, a, a glowing grizzly, 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 there. Words, yes, grizzly reaper mowing. Danger must be growing. Rowers keep on rowing. Yes, it's Gene. They're Wilder. showing no signs of slowing. Yeah, Gene Wilder, absolutely. Uh, as Willy Wonka in the infamous Tunnel of Terror. Yeah. Yep. Why? Why do who builds that in their chocolate factory? By the why? Why would you? Willy do Wonka. Yep. Fair point. <laughs> Good point. Well made. Okay. Well, on that note. <laughs> on on that note, uh, it's over to you to decide uh, which of our key, uh, which of our questions were best. Which one of our questions did the keyword justice? Uh, you can vote over on quadriviapodcast.com where you can see all our previous episodes and previous keyword challenges as well. Also, if you would like to send in a uh, keyword suggestion for a future episode, hit us up at quadriviapod at gmail.com. And now it's time for our round of trivia. And uh, as I alluded to earlier, I did have a round set aside that I was going to host but um, I now have two options, and I'm going to let you two choose between them. I'll give you okay. the two uh, categories, and you can pick which one you want. Uh, there is Geekin' Out or Nitwit. Um, I mean, Nick, as our guest, I think the privilege goes to you. Um, I'm leaning Geekin' Out on this one. Okay. okay. I know we talked about Nitwit earlier. I think that certainly it would be interesting for another time but um well I, i'll tell you what before be... you before you lock that in i will tell you uh i think both of them are going to be a little bit higher in difficulty That's than right. typical um i think geeking out is going to be more difficult of the two i mean okay. i'm always down to learn something new so okay that's fair all right so we're going to do the geeking out round and i'm going to preface this by saying that uh, as our episode today was writing to different audiences, this is one where uh, I had a, it was one of my older venues, very young crowd, you know, oldest teams are still in their mid late mid to late 20s. Um, and 
as a group, this entire venue came together together and said they wanted more specific questions about different different subjects. You know, instead of mm. just kind of base level questions, they they wanted to really uh, rack their memories with these things. So I did get a little more specific on some of uh, these things than I normally would, and it's just going to be specific questions about a uh, variety of different geeky subjects. Geeky in the sense that somebody would be a super fan of it, not that, you know, we're pushing our glasses up on our nose. Are you ready? What are you trying to say? I don't know. (laughs) To us glasses. glasses. I, 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 it is at this point that we need to differentiate between geek and nerd because those are two separate things. They are. They are. Sometimes but they're I, the same. Sometimes they're. Yeah, there's the, there's the not exclusive. Yeah, there's they're not there's mutually exclusive, but they are separate things. And I think that you can geek out on a subject without being yeah. a geek as well. I I would yeah. describe myself as both a geek and a nerd. True. I mean, we so. do write trivia for part of a living, so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. And non. Oh. Non-geeks and nerds will just be like, aren't they all the same? Corey, are, are you saying, do you drink too? I do. Are, would you say that you are a geek who drinks? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I am a geek who drinks, yes. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> all right, question number one. <laughs> a, a former, oh my God. A former slave who calls himself Grey Worm is the leader of what elite mercenary unit? I'm drawing a blank on this. My, my brain is going straight to Grey Wardens um, just because of Grey Worm, but I've got nothing to go on. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, slave. Obviously, is a very important part of this one. Um, mercenary, like, you know, I would say reformed, but more like a um, like a somebody who, who broke through his shackles or her shackles. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. This could be one of the many realms of the geek world that I am just not um, like a, a part of, like a Lord of the Rings or a Game yeah. of Thrones or a, like one like in that realm. Um, so the Grey Wardens, I think, are in uh, Divinity original sin um it's probably not them but it's the closest i've got and it's probably going to be somebody from another fantasy series that i've never heard of yeah well i I need an answer from you all right gray wardens uh gray wardens is incorrect the answer i'm looking for is the unsullied that is from game of thrones it is the army that uh daenerys buys and then liberates and then leads uh the unsullied question number two what classic nes game was actually just a reskin of a japanese game called doki doki panic i know this one know this one too this is like bread and butter video game trivia yeah um are we are we are we thinking of um uh, two brothers here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I believe the return of, uh, of those the, two brothers. Of said two brothers. Yeah, and, and were they super? 
I I believe so. Um, I think one has they... billing over the other. And did they both have the surname Mario? I don't know if they both have the surname Mario, but um, they could. But I, uh, I, I, I so we're going to the Brothers two thousand. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, no, uh, Super Mario Brothers two. That is correct, and they, they do both have the surname Mario. It's Mario, oh, yeah. Mario, and Luigi Mario. Very good. <laughs> Which is weird. It's just uh, Super Mario Brothers two is correct. Oh, Question number three. How were Frodo and Bilbo related? Very tenuously. <laughs> um, right, okay. They look about the same age, right? Wait, Bilbo. Not. I'm thinking of someone else. Thinking uh, of Sam? Uh, yeah, I think so, you're thinking of Sam. Yeah, I, I, I don't know much about this world, but I know that... Uh, I think but in my mind Bilbo's, you're probably thinking of Sam. Bilbo's definitely older, right? So, yes. So we're like we're looking Jonah. father, uncle, grandfather territory. Yeah, you're, and you're not looking at brothers. Um, I, I don't know about uncle. like un- uncle nephew or yeah. like father son. I want. I mean, it could be like cousins. Um, yeah, I I'm like they're like if if anything they're one generation removed from each other. Um, I do want to point this. So this this round was written for people who were self-described as super fans yeah. of a lot of these different um, categories that are being touched on. So mm. it it's going to be some more obscure knowledge, especially on gotcha. you know like this question. I yeah I I want to say uncle. Okay, uncle nephew. I'm good with that. Okay, well that is incorrect. Ah. Uh. They are first and oh, second cousins. They are both no, first and were... second cousins once removed. Oh, wow. You were uh, right. Okay. You, 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 well, you, you... I, I, I threw a guess out there. I don't know if I was yeah. exactly right. I just said a right, the, the right word. That's right. Uh, question four. Chewbacca and the other Wookiees hail from what planet? Uh, uh, do, do you know this one, Tipster? Uh, you, you're going to I'm pretty sure I know it. Uh, but you have to say it in their language. Yes. Um, <laughs> not not I'm phonetically. Just... <laughs> Is it? Yeah, no, it's that. There we go. Uh, yeah. It sounds like when you're moving a table across a wooden floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of their planet. Is it? Uh, that's. Is that, it? Is, that's... It... Is, it... Is it? Is it? I think it's Kashyyyk. Yeah. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm Are thinking you... back to Star Wars Battlefront 2. The good one. Uh, <laughs> back on the PS2. And I think, yeah, Kashyyyk. Yeah, I think that's sounds right. Sounds about right. Kashyyyk is correct. Very good. Kashyyyk. Question number five. In Zombieland, what is Columbus's first rule of the zombie apocalypse? Ooh. Is it? Right, okay. I know Double Tap is one of them. Yeah, it's not the first one, though. Okay. Uh, um... Don't run on an empty stomach. I think it's something about running. Run? <laughs> Is it literally just run? It, I think it's like it's something about like being in shape, like be ready to run or oh, something okay. of that nature. Like always be ready or I, I don't I'm trying to I could see it in my head because like, they, they, they splash the words on the on the screen and it's not a lot. It's not like a Corey question. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> It's like so, a one or two word thing, like so double it's, tap. It's, 
Okay, so it's something to do with running. So keep fit. Um. Uh. Yeah, I I, I say we go with that one. Fine. Uh, keep fit. This is your final answer. Yeah. yeah. If if I was drunk and if this was like a regular <laughs> trivia, I'd I'd entertain the notion of giving you credit for that. Um, but with this being a specific, you know, super fans yep. and, and geeking out category, uh, yeah. I would not accept keep fit in lieu of cardio. Ah. Rule oh. one is cardio. Question number okay. six. Uh, this one's going to be another deep one. Appearing in all three Hunger Game novels, but not in the movies at all. What was the name of the green-skinned woman on Katniss's prep team? Oh, goodness yep um how long ago is it since i yeah how long ago is it since i read the books i have Uh, no idea (laughs) i'm when they came out honestly yeah so it's got to be like late well if you haven't read the the recent one late late not late noughties early early tens um yeah, I mean, I have nothing on this one. I because uh, I, 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 certainly, I mean, I've, I've read the books. I remember the movies better though, as people are tend to do, who are casual fans of these things. Um, oh my goodness! Um, I want to say it sounds Roman. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. I'm good. With, I'm good with that. Um, no, I, I got. <laughs> I got nothing either. Yeah, I think I think we're tapping out on this one, Corey. All uh, right. We're tapping out on Sounds Roman. I'll tell you, green skinned would have been a little bit of a, a hint for people who do know it. Uh, as the answer is Olivia. Olivia. Oh, no, Olive. That is not the name I had. That's all right. <laughs> Question number seven. When we first met Arthur Weasley, in which Ministry of Magic department did he work? Oh, goodness. Um, so when we first met Arthur Weasley, um, so that would have been book two, so Chamber of Secrets, um, oh, goodness, um, it's gonna be something ridiculous, um, okay, so what was he working in in Chamber of Secrets? That's the question. Yes, yeah, that's I, essentially uh, what it's coming down to. Yeah. Okay. I'm now replaying the plot of the film in my head. And Make trying... sure you're in the second one. Uh, second one. Um, I know that he was in the department of um, something to do with mud- muggle artifacts at some point. Like, okay. you know, normal people stuff. <laughs> right. He was like in the Department of Normal cars stuff. That, Like cars that don't fly? <laughs> All right, so cars that don't that. fly department. Yes, Final the Department answer. of Cars That Don't Fly. <laughs> Basically, Arthur Weasley was the Ministry of Magic's equivalent of the DMV. <laughs> that sounds, sounds legit. I mean... <laughs> I'll tell you, you're really close, but I do need you to lock in a final answer. Um, the Department of Muggle Affairs. Again, you're close. You were actually closer before you said that. Uh, it is the Department for the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts. 
Oh my god. Ah, okay. And I, I think away. you specifically said muggle artifacts at one point. I did. Um, wow. But the misuse is pretty important there. Yeah. All right. No, it, For sure. It, yeah. Very important cool. part of the title. Question number eight. What R-rated 1998 film was the very first Marvel Studios movie? Okay, R-rated. Hmm. So that means 18 plus, right? Um, oh, yes. 16 or 17. Without a parent or something like that, yeah. I think it's 17 plus. Oh, well, over here it would be rated 18. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. what I'm trying to Or say. you can go with the parent. Right. Yeah, it's okay. restricted. The first Hulk movie feels... 2000s oh yeah no like a late 90s uh, yeah okay what what is in the marvel franchise so oh my god i am not waiting for you to list everything yeah go through all the i'm not gonna list everything off (laughs) but like 18 plus was it kind of in the same realm as like deadpool i mean deadpool is a different like i I feel like this is like a violent film not necessarily like like crass by any means or like poor language or adult situations I'm thinking it's more like like Blade. Yes, go for it. That feels like it's super like early enough where it's like this is when I was in high school, um, and I would have been able to go see these because my parents didn't give a shit. Um, but I'm thinking it, Blade's the correct answer on this. Yeah, one. it fits. Okay. It fits the time. I, Are we yeah. locking it in? Blade. Yes, sir. Yeah, Blade is correct. Yes, that was the first Marvel Studios film. Who thought, right? All right. Question number nine. From 2001, A Space Odyssey came the iconic quote, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What could it Hal do? Oh, is it? I've seen this referenced so many times. And I think, I think it's to do with opening the pod bay doors. Mm, Yeah. Like the, the, the doors to the escape pods. Are we locking it in? Yeah, let's let's do that. I feel good about that one. Yeah. That I'm... is correct. Yes! Well done. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. That was the one thing Hal couldn't do. Uh, well, not the one thing. But anyways, that is the correct answer. It was open the pod bay doors. And question number 10, final question here. In the never-ending story, what was the name of the pendant that Atreyu carried around his neck? It also appeared oh. on the front cover of the book itself. Oh my goodness. Okay. As in the pendant oh. appeared on the cover of the book or the name of the pendant appeared on the cover of the book? The pendant. Okay. Yeah. I could see uh, it in my head. Yeah, I... My, oh, goodness. Um, right, so... It's, it's gonna bug me. It's going to absolutely bug me. Because I can see it. I, uh, I have nothing on this one. I could just I could see it, but that's it. Like if you asked me to draw, yeah. I'm a terrible drawer, but I I'd be able to do it. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, no, Corey put us out All of right. our misery. The answer what, what? there is the Orin. It is called. Oops, trying to post the answer for you there. The Orin. Uh, it's the it's the snaky knotty one, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like the uh, Ouroboros, but it's two different snakes, and they're like intertwined mm-hmm. and eating each other's tails. Yep. So hey, there you have it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge what two no. snakes want to do in their spare time. <laughs> oh my God, 
Well, there you have it. That is my geeking out uh, category. All done. You know, doing some deep dives for a bunch of people who were self-described super fans. And uh, that's what they got. How did they do? We we didn't do Um, bad. This was, this would have been about two years ago. So I I don't have the records for it. Um, But I want to say they actually did pretty well. Like, I, I don't think any one team... Uh, really crushed the round, but you could tell there were absolutely people uh, playing that night that that knew these. Like, no, no question was universally answered incorrect. So makes sense. Yeah, now, I totally get that. Yeah. Like everybody has their thing. Maybe the Super Mario Brothers wasn't, you know, didn't know the, you know, the Game of Thrones question, or yeah, you know. Mm. But you're gonna find somebody in the room who knew at least one thing, or exactly. every question got one correct answer. It wasn't like a a complete dud when you asked the never ending story question. So yeah, so cool. There we have it. That's the end of the round. Uh, again, I, I think y'all actually would have done better on the Nitwit one, but I think well, this was time. a fun one. Um, I- I'd say yeah. we did well, forty percent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, considering that, considering you two didn't ask me for deep dives <laughs> on these different categories, like you actually did really well on it. So, next time you can yeah. do a professional wrestling one for us. There oh no! Wait <laughs> and wait, and... which one's professional wrestling? Is it the the one that yeah, is WWE? Or... Okay, the one you get paid for. Yes. I'll do a round on professional wrestling True. and British monarchs. Yes. And the correct answer for all of them is going to be Winston Churchill. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, my name is Corey. You can find me at twitch.tv slash third degree entertainment. I'm hosting trivia every Monday night, 730 p.m. Pacific time. You can also find me on most of the social medias at third degree entertainment. Um, or go to thirddegreeentertainment.com. Sorry, I'm still despairing of the Winston Churchill stuff. <laughs> um, uh, I'm Tipsy. You can find me uh, every Sunday night at um, probably 7 p.m. That may be changing by the time this goes out. Um, over at twitch.pinnaclelada.com. Um, keep an eye out on, on, on the, the interwebs for an update because at the moment i'm on on a break uh for two weeks and things may be changing quite significantly um but yes twitch.pinnaclelada.com um when it happens find me at twitch.tv slash capital trivia c-a-p-i-t-a-l trivia.com or yeah twitch.tv slash capital trivia uh wednesday nights on uh twitch at 7 p.m eastern standard time and uh eventually we're adding a lunchtime trivia because people want it so keep all an right. eye open for that sounds good and you can find all of us uh as a collective whole at quadriviapodcast.com you can also head to triviawriters.com triviawriters.com to get access to our discord uh, which serves as the Discord for the Trivia Writers Co-op and for the Quadrivia podcast. So you can come there, talk to us live, talk to the hosts, ask us questions, give us suggestions, uh, chat about the episode, do whatever you want to do. Um, you can also email us with topic or keyword suggestions or any feedback at all at quadriviapod at gmail.com. And... Uh, I don't think I'm missing anything important. 
If so, I'll, I'll add it in in post. Uh, Nick, why don't you give us our famous outro? Have I made it to the end of an episode yet? Where do we go? I've lost my train of thought. I've, I've, it's I don't gone. know if we lost you or your audio. <laughs> uh, no, we, 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 you lost me because just, just to put this in perspective for the listeners, by the way, I've been up for approximately uh, 18 hours now. I've just finished my final show of the season. Uh, so I think I think I'm actually starting to wind down and this is going to be an interesting recording tonight because well, and it is worth noting that the circadian rhythm for a penguin is only 12 hours. So you're you're a day and a half at this point. Oh, oh that's not yeah. good. That's not good at all. <laughs> Don't quote uh, me on that. Do not use that fact in your shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard it on Quadrivia. It's okay. <laughs>